Morning coaches, Brian Blackburn here with the Pound the Rock podcast. As always, we want to thank our sponsors through hardwoodtexas.com, Huddle Waterboy Graphics, Diamond J Metalworks, Tumbleweed Textiles, Jeremy Thomas Agency through Allstate, Modern Women Financial and Landon Landry, and as always, Matt Jones and hardwoodtexas.com, your nonstop 24-7 basketball stop uh, on the internet. So today, uh, I'm honored to be uh, joined by Coach Chance Westmoreland from Argyle High School. He's the head girls basketball coach there. He's in his eighth year as a head basketball coach, uh, first at Brock High School and now at Argyle. Uh, he's won four state championships and uh, has a great resume uh, as well as uh, some great insights here regarding scouting, scouting report, using film, and some in-season type uh, strategy that uh, I think will be helpful for our audience. So, Chance, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Well, hey, let's jump right into it. Uh, in regards to a scouting report, when 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 you're scouting a team, uh, an opponent, and and maybe you get a chance to watch them live, or or maybe it's just on film. What are you focused on as the head coach? What are some things that you're looking for or looking at? Well, for all opponents, especially with a district opponent or a playoff opponent, I like to see them live at least once. And so if I'm at the game scouting them live, you know, what I, the main focus for me is kind of player tendencies. You know, I, I jot down some notes on what their, their players do, some strengths and weaknesses. Then I'll look for sub-rotations, uh, whether or not they switch defenses, you know, some effort. They might have some kids that come off the bench and their job's primarily to be an offensive rebounder. And so what are those kids, you know, what are their roles, you know, how, how much depth they have on their team. And so if I'm live, I can kind of get a good grasp there. And then usually with film, uh, you know, I'm looking for sets, um, also player tendencies, you know, what kind of defenses they run, you know, are there some weaknesses in there? You know, are they a good rebounding team? And so, you know, they, it kind of varies from being able to watch them live to, to being able to watch film. But, you know, for every opponent, you know, we're trying to, you know, get as much information as we can and make it simple for the kids uh, to be able to take that information and apply it you know, to our defensive or offensive game plan. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, as coaches, we can get as much information as we want and get it as in-depth as we want about a certain opponent. But then when we transfer it to our to our team, it's got to be, you know, simple and sound and something that they can understand. And so what are some ways in which you make that happen? Uh, are you using, like, huddle clips? Are you just uh, giving them a packet are you walking through it maybe with your JV or a scout team type situation? What are some ways that maybe the, all right, you've seen them live, you've seen them on film. How are you now going to implement that with your team? Well, what we do with our team is several things. Uh, first of all, when we gather information on their scouting report, um, it's primarily a player related at the, you know, a majority of it. And so we give them each a, a paper copy, you know, for each player, we're going to look at their strengths, their weaknesses, how we're going to defend that that player, and then I'll put the matchups who I think on our team will be guarding them. We play man-to-man defense about 90% of the time, and so it's important for us to know, you know, every player that we're going to go against. And so I will give them a paper copy. Uh, I've also learned over the years a lot of kids, uh, they, they lose that paper copy. So I also I have a group text for every team. And so with that, I'll send them a, you know, a photocopy of our scatter report because I know our kids also have their phones on them a majority of the time. And then we go in there, and, and uh, what we do is, is we, you know, if we have a scout team or before we play an opponent, we go over their plays, how we're going to defend certain actions. And, and so by the time uh, our team um, has, has seen the paper copy, you know, has read it a couple times, 
you know, we tag stuff on huddle. And usually when we go to huddle, we, we look at the, the plays they're going to run, their offenses. We look at, um, you know, we'll tag a few individuals. You know, if they've got some really dominant players, we'll tag how they, you know, you know they're, are they going to go over their left shoulder or right shoulder or what they do to attack on the at a three-point line. And so we'll look at some, some options there. And then uh, I usually designate a, usually a senior or my captain at the start of the fourth quarter in the locker room. They they kind of read that scouting report again. And then I usually go into the locker room with about four or five minutes left in the fourth quarter. But by that time, you know, our kids have seen, you know, seen our opponent on film. They've read the scouting report a couple of times. They've seen it live on the court. And then they've also had one more refresher before our game starts. So, you know, I think it, with that, you know, the teams we play, we become pretty familiar with them and what they do. Yeah. No, that, that's a that's a good thought. And so your players have that routine with the, you know, game going on before. So now they're now they're kind of in their zone and they're used to uh, the strategy and the, the way in which you're going to uh, prepare them, you know, kind of this last second uh, cram session, so to speak, to, to get them focused on your opponent and on what you're going to do to succeed in, in the game. Uh, now, Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about maybe the differences in your scouting report and how you scout in the preseason and then maybe for a tournament and then for district and then for playoffs. Are, are there some differences there? Is it, you know, I would assume it's more in depth as the season goes on. What are some ways in which you're still using scout early on in the year? It, it is different, but I do for every opponent we play or every team we play, I like to give a, a scouting report. And, and what we usually do in the preseason is I break that up. If we're going to go to a tournament and we already know who are, you know, we have three pool play games and then it goes to bracket. Well, I have, I have two assistants. And so I'll say, hey, let's each take a game. And, and that coach is responsible for coming up with a scouting report and then also tagging that film on huddle. And, and I'll, I'll do it also throughout the non-district. And even when we get into district, you know, I'll kind of break it up a week or two in advance. And so that gives them some time over the weekend to have that ready. And that way, you know, if you're on a, you know, you're in a tournament and, you know, you have quick turnarounds and you've already got a scout report prepared instead of having to go up and, you know, go back to the hotel and work on that. And so, and plus too, I think it gives your assistant coaches, you know, a little bit of ownership over some stuff you do on the varsity level. But, but we do, we, uh, you know, for, for non-district games, tournament games, you know, we it, it's a little bit more simple, you know, maybe not as in-depth. When district gets here, you know, before we, you know, go into our district games, we have a pretty in-depth, uh, you know, uh, you know, usually every player, we've got several other strengths, several weaknesses, how we're going to defend that. And then what I'll do is after the first time we play them, I'll look, hey, did what we do work? Do we need to adjust who's guarding them? And then, and then when the playoffs get here, we, we, we really intensify it as well. We might spend a lot more time on film, but usually the most we ever, uh, film, uh, you know, spend watching film on our opponents about 20 minutes. That's the, that's the great thing about huddle is that you can really break it down and, and just get what you need off of there and not the, you know, not have to watch a whole game and rewind everything. So we'll just tag, you know, their offensive sets, their, uh, you know, what they might do, you know, on inbounds defense, you know, so we'll know, uh, what we're going to need to run there. And so, you know, as it, as it goes uh, throughout the season, we, we do uh, intensify it. But ever, our kids know that, you know, every game we play, they're going to get some type of scouting report. And I think that's important. And I think they like that, knowing that they're going to be prepared. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. And and uh, that's something that I think we've, we've done really well over the last few years is our, our guys should feel the to feel like they're the most prepared team on the floor. 
whether it's with a scouting report or just clips of film or, or anything like that. Uh, you know, we just want our guys to have some confidence in, all right, we know our opponent, we know what we're going to do to try to be successful. And, and uh, I, I think that goes a long way, with, especially with high school kids. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you can ever be too prepared for, for a game, but I, I do think it helps for sure. Now, one thing that you mentioned earlier in regards to uh, the the paper scouting report and talking to your players, it seems like it's more player-related. And then when you're watching film, it's more like play-related. Would you agree with that? It is. And what we'll do at the bottom, you know, of our scouting report, we'll put, you know, what kind of defense do they run? Are they going to switch defenses? And then we'll put a couple of the sets. Um, one thing we try to do, uh, we try to learn, especially for district opponents and, and as it gets to the playoffs, we try to re- learn as many of their offensive sets as we can. And, and then if we know the l- names of them, that's even great. But if not, we try to – we just we go ahead and we'll either uh, name them or number them. And, and that way when our kids what, – what we like to do out there during the game is if we see them set up in their sets, we like to call it out. And sometimes, especially if you can call out their play – and they're, you know, they call, you know, if it's triangle and you already know what they're running and you're set up defensively, I think that kind of gives us an advantage because they're, hey, they know our play. What are we going to do now? And so we do. We try to really, really figure out what what a team is running and, and you know, ahead of time. And that way is our coaching staff's con- constantly calling that out and our players know as well. Yeah. Hey, and even if you don't know their play, if you're just calling it out too, that's a, that's a psychological advantage. So I, I think so. I think it definitely helps. Um all right, now let's let's talk a little bit now about uh, and th- this is a question I didn't have on the on the sheet that I gave you, but hopefully it doesn't throw you for a loop. What are what are some changes that maybe you're making in in district after you play an opponent the first time and then you play him again the second time? You know, in, in the past, I, previous district I was in the uh, the second round of district, there was an opponent that would always. Uh, do a half court trap some that they never showed in the first round of, of district. They always ran uh, more ball screen in the second round of district just to, is, is there something without giving too much away? Is there something that you do in the second round of district that is a tweak on what you do the first round of district just as a, as a change of pace or something? Absolutely. You know, and, and I've been in several districts where there was a good chance you were going to play at a district opponent in the playoffs and, po- you know, possibly the, you know, the third round or even in the regional finals. And so what I like to do is try to give them as many looks as possible and, and see, you know, for ex- example, this year Bridgeport was a really good team in our district. And, and so the first time we played them, we fronted the post and, and tried to have backside help. And then the second time we played behind them. And it really the whole point was to see which one was more effective yeah. and then if we played them again. And so, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, coaches are going to make adjustments. If you do the same thing every time, that, that makes it easy for that coach. And so, you know, sometimes we'll, you know, we'll try to trap a little bit and say, hey, would that work? And just, you know, at halftime we make adjustments, but definitely from game to game. We never, we never go about there and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And also with player matchups, you know, if we play a team and – even if we played them real good and, you know, held them defensively, uh, you know, to, to a low point total, well, the next time we play them, I might put somebody else on their main players just to see if that person can guard them if we needed that situation. So, you know, we're always just kind of looking at that, tweaking it, and seeing, you know, what the best option would be, you know, for the second time we play them and potentially a third. 
Now, let's talk just briefly about uh, some self-scout stuff. And and uh, this is something that, as, as a coach, I feel like I need to improve on a ton is just how to continually self-scout my team, how to maybe grade them from game to game. What are some ways in which you use self-scout? So if you're watching film on, on your team, with your team, uh, what are some ways in which you self-scout? Well, a couple of years ago, I did start kind of a plus-minus system, and I kind of I asked a couple of coaches what they did and, and got their examples, and then I tweaked it for what was important for our team. Uh, one thing that we do stress here is uh, not giving up offensive rebounds. You know, we try to give up four or less a game. And so as I am watching, you know, statting the film, at, you know, after it's concluded, I'll go in there and I'll look and, and I'll grade that film, you know, each player as well. And that's something that we can look at and say, hey, you know, here's what you did well. You know, I, we, we put a lot of emphasis on deflections. And, and so, you know, and usually the, you know, kid that has a lot of deflections, you know, they've been active, had a good game. You know, that that corresponds with defense for us. And, and so, you know, for me, too, it's also also I talk to other coaches and say, hey, what do you think that we, we didn't do well? What do you think something we need to improve on? So we're constantly just looking at every, everything in regards to our team and how we can improve it. You know, what are things that, you know, because sometimes – you might th- not think your team's very good at that, but you might play a coach, and then afterwards I say, hey, coach, I thought y'all did th- this really well. And so I think it's always important to get feedback and also be willing as a coach to provide feedback. I've had coaches that have asked me, hey, what do you like about our team? And, you know, that might be, uh, hey, I think, coach, if you, you played three of your posts together or three of your big kids, you might be more effective. And so there's little things like that that I think, you know, as a coach, if you ask questions and be willing to provide feedback, it can help your team and also you can help other coaches that you might be friends with. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I, I know just speaking from experience, having someone, you know, whether it's a retired coach or uh, maybe a district coach that you're friends with, you know, getting their getting their feedback and information. I know I asked uh, Coach Ken Campbell at Reagan County something uh, earlier this this season, and he he was brutally honest about something that he thought we needed to do different. And you know, the last couple of games of district, our first playoff game, we we did that and and were successful. And then uh, and then, you know, that second round game, we didn't necessarily execute the way that, you know, he had mentioned. And sure enough, it bit us. And, and it's, it's great to have that type of feedback and that help because it felt like it uh, gave us the best chance to win. And then also, uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but when I watch our, our team on film and I'm watching our guys play on film, whether it's right after the game. I know uh, Coach Lombard here, the girls coach at Wall, as soon as the game's over, he's watching his film and he's grading it that night. I watch our team and it makes me so mad when I watch film. I get mad at my guys and so I got to find a way to watch film and kind of separate myself from from that cuz man after watching film I'm so mad at so and so for not blocking out or I'm so mad at so and so for not running their lane and so I I got to find a way to you know maybe temper that a little bit knowing that it's going to help our team the more I watch us play. So I mean what what are some things that you're doing when you're watching your team besides the plus minus how do you kind of keep that you know, even killed, not, not let it, uh, get so emotional. Cause I need help with that. <laughs> hey, well, you're, you're kind of opposite of me because as the game's all going on, all I see is the negative. And so after there's times I'll watch the film and it's like, Hey, well, we didn't really look that bad. And, and, and my, and I also, I ask my wife, I'll get home and say, Hey, who do you, who do you think played well? And usually she has a little bit different perspective than I do. And, and so, you know, some of the players, your better players are, you know, you've got higher expectations, so you know how good they can play. And if they have an off night, you're looking at that. But, you know, I think it is important just to, uh, you know, give that feedback. I know our kids, they really look at that plus minus. You know, that that's something that they, 
they want to be, you know, as high as they can on that. And that kind of tells the story of how they played. And so, you know, watching film is definitely important. You know, with huddle, it's nice too, because our kids are always, you know, sometimes I don't get it loaded as fast as they want it. And, you know, they're texting me, hey, have you got that film loaded? So, you know, I'm pretty fortunate to hear that I have kids with high basketball IQs that also want to watch the film and see how they played. And I think that helps. But uh, definitely uh, when I started grading the, the, the game besides just doing the individual stats, that's helped a lot. And it's also helped me make decisions on, hey, lineup changes. You know, this year I started and we started uh, the year with four guards. And then, you know, we were kind of getting beat uh, – getting beat on the boards, and so I decided to go with, with two six-footers and make us a, a lot better defensive and rebounding team, and, and that worked out. And so it was justified because I could tell the kid that I moved from a starter to a six-man, hey, here's why we need to do this. You're still going to get to play a lot, but you're going to have a different role. And so I think that being able to grade those and provide that feedback for the kids is very important. That's awesome. Now, I, I know at a place like Argyle and, and even at Brock, you know, uh, coaching some of these powerhouse girls programs, what are some ways in which you're helping grow team chemistry? And I know that's a little bit off topic, but I think when we talk about scouting reports, especially with self-scout and then decisions that you're making with players, what are some ways in which you're helping build team chemistry so that, you know, what's going on in the locker room and what's going on in the court is, is positive? Well, I, th- I think today – the most important thing is to get your team to believe in you, you know, and two, the second thing is to get the parents to stay ahead of it, let you do your job. And that's where I've been pretty fortunate. I've been at two programs where, you know, the kids have, uh, you know, they've done whatever ask. And that's nice when you have a group of girls that will do that. I also think an overnight trip during the season is important. I think it's important to go to get away and we, we prepare just like we would for the playoffs, even if it's a, uh, you know, just a non-district tournament that we go, and play early in the year, we're going to take up phones every night. We're going to treat every game like it would be a playoff game because we want to prepare them as much as they can for what's ahead. And so our kids, they learn that routine, uh, and they kind of joke about it, always talk about the two-day rule because, you know, I tell them, hey, you might stay up late tonight, and that might not affect you, but two days from now it's going to affect you. And they kind of joke about that, but they know it's true that, you know, it's important. Even if, if you're going to a tournament and you travel down on Wednesday, you know, it's important to Wednesday night go to sleep early and Thursday and Friday, especially when you start playing games. And so they understand that routine and why it's so important. And I think if you explain everything to them, uh, that helps. And but, but, you know, I think an overnight tournament where your kids can just be able to, uh, you know, spend some time together away from everything. And, and then, then you know, in a tournament, too, I, I approach it a little differently. We try to go do something fun as a team. And it's kind of, you know, even if we lost the game before, I try to make it where we don't just dwell on, hey, we lost the game. We we go, we have a good time, uh, we try to get away and relax a little bit. And so, you know, I think that's important. Uh, you know, uh, my second year as a head coach at Brock, we had a team, we had a bunch of new starters, and so uh, we were fortunate we were able to travel to Orlando. And I, and I look back and I think that, that trip there it was over Christmas was probably the difference in our season because our kids went from being real close to each other to a really tight-knit team, and we played well and were fortunate to win a championship that year. And so ever since then, I've thought it's very important to have those bonding tournaments uh, early in the year. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And, you know, those are kind of those organic team bonding experiences. You don't have to fabricate it. You don't have to make it up like, all right, we're going to this tournament, we're playing basketball, but we're also away from parents. We're also in hotels with teammates. We're also – you know, spending, you know, every moment with each other, basically, and that and just going to lend itself to helping, helping build that chemistry. So, well, hey, man, thanks. Thanks for all the insights. Thanks for talking about uh, your scouting report, your routine. Um, 
any other tidbits, information? I guess one that I could always ask is, uh, what what are some things early on in your career did, did you learn that were helpful? What What's some good advice that you were given? And then um, what are some things that you would have done differently as a young coach? Well, and, and in regards to scouting, I think it, my, my scouting schedule is set up early, even before the year starts. I look at who's in our district, who are the best teams in our region, and possibly in the state, and I say, hey, what do we need to do? What are some teams that play a similar style? And so we're always going to try to play a schedule that's going to be extremely challenging because when we get to the district in the playoffs, I want to be able to tell our kids, hey, we played a team that's played similar to this. We played well against them. You know, hopefully we beat them at one time. And that way we can say, hey, that's going to give us that advantage. You know, you know when we uh, – at my last year at Brock, we got moved to Region 1. And so we, I knew that, you know, West Texas plays a different type of style of basketball for girls. And so we went out to a tournament level land. Uh, last year, Lincoln, Dallas Lincoln was in our region. We were in Region 2, 4A. And so we've tried to play several teams that we knew were going to pressure us. And then this year, you know, we got flipped back to uh, Region 1, 4A. And it was the same thing. We wanted to play some teams early. They were very fundamental and just that we knew we'd see in the playoffs. So I think it's important. You know, our schedule is always set up to prepare us for district in the playoffs. I never worry about hey, having an undefeated season or anything like that. What I want to do is can we be playing our best basketball? And, and for us, it's, I think it helps us. This year we were 5-5 five and five at one point. We were 10-7. and seven, But then we never lost another game, because and we started peaking at the right time. I think teams that peak at the right time, it gives them advantage as well. Um, you know, but early in my career – uh, you know, I was a young coach. Uh, I'd never been a head coach when I got the job at Brock. And so I think a couple of things as far as practice is concerned, always be extremely organized. I have a practice plan with groups made up. And so there's we make it as efficient as possible. Our kids you get used to that routine, and that's something we do. And, and then also as the years have progressed, I've got to the point I try to enjoy it a lot more. You know, early on I was just in that mode of, hey, I've got to prove everybody that I deserve to get this job and that I can do a good job. And I probably didn't enjoy the process as much, whereas now I try to sit back and, and uh, you know, still have the same expectations, but little things you'll learn, you know, you don't let that affect you as much. But, and really enjoy, you know, every moment of it. I've had some, some younger coaches ask me that, and I said, you know, hey, if your team advances the playoffs, your regionals or your state, enjoy every moment of that because you never know if you're going to get that opportunity again but you don't want to look back and say, man, that was miserable because I was stressed about everything. I think that's extremely important just to enjoy everything. You know, coaching the game of basketball is so rewarding. You know, for coaches, it's something that, you know, I feel like at times I really don't even have a job because it's something It's more of a, hey, something that you dream about doing. And so that's what I really uh, like doing and, and try to give that advice to younger coaches is just enjoy every minute of it, uh, continue to learn, uh, go to as much stuff as you can, clinics, and just uh, like I said, it, Try to have a good relationship with your team, have high expectations, and just make it where, you know, it's a, a great experience for them. And it'll be re re very rewarding if you do that. 